What's up, church planters and all you fans of church planting? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter-in-arms, Matt Hess. And you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. So whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. What's up, Matt? Not too much, man. What's going on, brother? Oh, not much. Just another day in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. What's going on there up in uh, the the true north, strong and free? <laughs> yeah, man. It's a beautiful day. It's nice today. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, good stuff, man. We uh, we had a network uh, meeting conference call this morning. That was fun. And, yeah. Um, just getting to hear those guys' heart. And we talked about prayer and brotherhood and God doing some good things, man. Man, you need to get a, what's your, what's your what's up with your prime minister up there, man? You need to get a hold of him. Let's talk some sense into that man. What's up with your president down there? <laughs> I know. I think I think both I think both countries' leaders have some issues, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny, man. It's like you know, oh man, yeah. There's all kinds of crazy things going on politically right now in both countries, man. Yeah, there is. There is. Trudeau, Trudeau did. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you guys, I saw that you've got somebody else coming up now uh, to Canada. You got another another couple of people. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's cool. We, uh, uh, the the Bryants, Jonathan and uh, uh, Courtney, and and their two little girls are are moving up. I think they're going to try to come up in January. Um, January or February is their goal. And and, uh, yeah, man, they're they're, they're moving from. Mississippi. They just want to jump right into those Canadian winners, eh? Yeah, exactly. Right. I think, I think like, uh, he, he was telling me, actually, he said, we were talking the other day, he said, man, I was listening to your guys' podcast the other day, and he said, um, I said, awesome, man, I already get on my good side. That's a good thing. But <laughs> he, he, he said that, uh, he said, you guys said on the podcast, you know, if you're really spiritual to come up in January or February. And I was like, well, he said, do you think it's a problem if, like, if we moved in that time? I said, no, man, I think it's fine. You know, I was talking to, we were talking about that episode about mission teams. Yeah. If you're really spirit filled, you know, for, as a mission, because you, you know how it is up here, man. Every church wants to come up here in July. Yeah. In July. Of course they do. Cause it's like a vacation, yeah. you know, they can get away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We well, you know, um, Oh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. The thing about moving in January, the tough part about it is that, you know, there's going to be snow on the, and salt on the ground. So if you're like going back and forth from outside to inside and moving furniture, like that's yeah. a chore because you've got to basically like either just disregard the floors completely and clean after yeah. you're done or you got to take your, your boots off afterwards or whatever. So yeah, so that, that could be interesting. So a qu- question for you, an- your little brother answer for you. Are, are you, are, do you, are you guys taking your shoes off when you come into the house there in DC? <laughs> no. You disgusting creatures. We we didn't do it when we were in Canada. We tra- <laughs> dared, we needed to ne- hold we needed to hold on to some of our culture from America, okay? <laughs> we we had to and you, so you held on to the part that spreads germs. Good for you, man. That's the way to it doesn't spread you're like, germs. You're like, you know, we walk in the park with dog do. See, and walk no. In our living room. Okay, well, I don't walk in parks with dog do, number one. <laughs> and number two, like, I think it's actually dirtier to walk around your house with no shoes on because I don't want my what? feet. Dude, I don't want my feet, bare feet walking around the floor because there's all sorts of nasty stuff on the floor. So I would like shoes on instead. And yeah. I don't want to walk around other people's floors because with no shoes on, I never liked that. Didn't like it. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Just, so just my like, preference. I'm, hey, I've been in people's houses where they have like those doc, those little medical booties, you know, that you mm-hmm. put on the end of your shoes. I've seen those. That's that's a pretty that's that's pretty hardcore. Yeah, I feel like that says a lot about that person. Um, if they have those, no offense, yeah. no offense to anybody that may have somebody's those. Somebody's out your there. Door. Somebody's out there listening with those things on right now. They probably are. They got their little medical booties <laughs> propped up on their desk listening hey, to this podcast. What's this guy talking about? <laughs> oh, he's Canadian. I see. Well, okay. I see. Do, you, or do they do that in Texas? No. <laughs> yeah, I see. Nobody has no. booties in Texas. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Nobody, they'd be wearing their cowboy boots all around. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All over the house, cowboy boots. Yeah, everywhere. Um, well, man, uh, we're going to talk about worship ministry today. Yeah. Um, so I think that's something that uh, it can be a pretty big challenge for church planters and for church sure. plants. It's uh, something that's always a topic of conversation. One of those things that whenever somebody's thinking about planting a church, one of the main things that they're thinking about is like, okay, what am I going to do for worship ministry? And usually it's, you know, where can I find a worship minister, worship pastor, somebody to lead worship. So um, I thought we'd talk a little bit about that today because I think we've, you know, there's a broad spectrum of people that listen to our podcast. Some guys have, you know, planted numerous churches. Some have never planted before and they're thinking about it. Some are in the beginning stages of a church plant. And then everybody's got different you know, like experiences when it comes to worship ministry. Some have very bad experiences, uh, some have good ones, and some have both. Um, so I think you would be in that category of both. We'll, yeah. we'll let you tell those stories here in a little bit. But um, <laughs> Matt, why don't we start by talking about this? What are the biggest challenges when it comes to worship arts in church planting? Yeah, I, I think like some of the... Um, I think some of the biggest challenges is that if you're starting from the harvest, it's just like, who's going to do it? You know, mm-hmm. like that's, that's, that's the first thing. I mean, like, you know, you, <laughs> my wife and I have no musical talent whatsoever. Um, you know, I, I, I think about these guys that can lead worship, you know, and they can preach and all these kinds of things. I'm thinking, wow, you know, that's incredible. But like, we're not those people. And so, I, I think the biggest challenge is Clint, the, the Clint most, Clifton, right? It's Clint, yeah, of, of, Clint sound, of sound doctrine. Yeah, of sound doctrine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clint, Clint, you know, he uh, that dude can do all kinds of different stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. he can lead worship, uh, preach, all that kind of lead a network. So mm-hmm. yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I, I I think the biggest, the most obvious one is like, who's gonna do it? Yeah. Right. Like, who's yeah. gonna do it? Hey, hey, listen. I got a, um, I got a clip for you. This is what this is my heart right here. Well, can I hear? Will I be able to hear it from your microphone? Because your the music's the audio is going to come through. Your, okay, this will be interesting. Did you hear that? No, I can't hear anything. Okay, let's try it again. <laughs> Just hang in there, listeners. We're <laughs> I'm not sure what Matt's doing. Matt, it's not working. I've got a prescription and it's more cowbell. Oh, it's more cowbell. Yeah. If you need sound effects, you need to tell me before the episode because I can play it from my computer <laughs> and it'll actually come up on the episode. So, yeah. We it would have ed- been funny, though. It was a good idea. It was a good idea. <laughs> we so, can edit that out. We can yeah. edit that out. Half credit. No, I think, half credit, yeah. I think, like, you know, the, I think the most obvious question is like, who, who who's going to do it when you first come in? And, and like, can you, 
you don't know that person's theology. You don't know like, like where they approach worship. You say worship to some people, man, and they have all kinds of different ideas of what that looks like and what that means. And I think those are some of the biggest challenges, you know, and, and looking for people. I know like we'll get into some of this in, in, in a little bit, but like when you start to try to look for people and bring people in and all that kind of stuff, you got to really be careful, man, because you're so desperate for that cowbell. You're so desperate for that feeling, you know, of good worship that if you're not careful, you're bringing in the wrong person. And, yeah. um, and it, you don't want to, you don't want to make that compromise. I promise. <laughs> promise. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that, uh, the right, having the right person is probably the biggest challenge. Uh, I don't think there's any way around that. Um, and then I think that like, uh, another, another challenge is just getting on the same page as your worship leader. Um, yeah. and kind of like, uh, being philosophically aligned. Um, and even on down to like getting on the same page in terms of like what you're doing on Sunday mornings. Um, and then, uh, I also think another challenge that, um, we face is striking the right balance between putting too much stock in the quote unquote worship experience and yeah. while also doing what you do with excellence. You know, I think there's a fine line there. Um, I, I don't think that we should just, I mean, some people are, are, uh, you know, are too spiritual to, you know, worry at all about what their worship music sounds like. Right. And it's like, Oh, it doesn't yeah. matter. You know, we shouldn't talk about that. And I, I would just disagree. I do think it matters. I think that it's, there's nothing wrong with trying to do it with excellence, but that you can easily slip into a mode where you start becoming like obsessed with it. And that's where all of your attention is going. It's where all your resources are going and you're spending all your time thinking about a Sunday morning, quote unquote experience. And that is not going to change anybody's heart. Like that's not the answer. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, yeah that's exactly that's, right. It know? doesn't I mean, work for me. Trying to strike that cowbell. balance between how much energy and how much effort and how much, how much do we put into this? I think some of the, I think guys think like, well, if my worship's really good, people are going to come. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, I've seen church plants that have incredible worship and it doesn't do anything for their church in yeah. terms of like bringing in lost people or something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what are the biggest mistakes that church plants make when it comes to worship ministry? And I'm going to go ahead and just preface this because I don't want to keep saying worship arts when I, I know that worship is not just music. So uh, I understand that worship is, you know, like a lifestyle and that there's Tambor also tambourine, tambourine, <laughs> yes, uh, cowbell. Yes. All those things. That's, all that's prayer, worship. Prayer, uh, you know, preaching is worship, you know, all, all that stuff. is worship. Yeah, it is. Wow, man. We're getting into some theological deepness here. Well, yeah, I, it, is. <laughs> it is. Yeah, we're going to get emails like, worship's not just music. We know that. You don't need to email us. Hey, Matt, hold on. Guess what? I got a fever. Yeah. And the only prescription is more cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, found, I found the sound the soundboard yeah. for you. <laughs> we need more cowbell, man. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, can we just stop right here and tell all the listeners if you would just incorporate more cowbell into your worship and arts ministries, the your church would explode with growth. The biggest mistake that most, most church plants make when it comes to worship ministry is that they don't have cowbell. <laughs> they and don't have cowbell. If you did, the Holy Spirit might actually show up to your worship service. <laughs> you imagine somebody, you imagine some worship dude listening <laughs> to this and saying, you know what, I, maybe we should have cowbell. <laughs> I, you know what, man? Listen, if, if I ever do, went to... Can you please take a video and send it to jared yes. at pillarchurchsbc.com? Yes. Thank you. If we ever went to a 
if, if I ever went to a church and some dude was rocking the cowbell, man, I don't know what I would do. I would, I would uh, just be, I would just say the Shekinah glory is on that church. I think it's great. I think it'd be fantastic. I did too, man. So what, Jared, what are, what, what are some of the biggest mistakes in church plants when it comes to worship? And so, arts? So I think like one of them is trying to be something that you're not. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of times uh, whenever we're going to plant a church, we have an idea in our head of what we want it to look like. And so yeah. church planners usually have an idea of what they want the Sunday morning uh, service to look like. They've got an idea of what, you know, they, they want their small groups to look like, how they want their preaching, you know, to look, you know, everything. Right. And so uh, that's informed by a lot of different things. It might be informed by books that they read. It might be informed by churches that that they've been to or like certain, you know, preachers or teachers that they, you know, want to emulate and model. Um, you know, I remember you, I think it was you telling me about uh, a, a guy one time who, you know, his favorite t- uh, preacher was David Platt. And like he came up uh, in an, uh, you know, yeah. assessment or something. And he was like literally like emulating everything, even down to like the sound effects that David does <laughs> yeah. in his preaching. Yeah. And so, you know, I think sometimes, funny. yeah. So I think sometimes uh, we can do that because like we'll, you know, we'll want like a dynamic worship ministry, right? And you'll have a guy try to be, you know, like, uh, you know, Hillsong or, you know, whatever, Sovereign Grace or whatever your worship ministry is that you look up to, but you may not have the the resources that a church like that has. You may not have the personnel that a church like that has. And honestly, like it there's nothing worse than a church trying to do that when it's obvious that they don't have the same <laughs> talent or resources. Uh, it just kind of looks sad. Uh, yeah. If, hey yeah. bro, have you, have you seen that? Have you seen that video? It's old now of that. What is that? Ocean, when, o, that song by Hillsong, like oceans, you yeah, know, that oceans. real popular song. Have you seen that video of the drummer doing the solo drums? No. He's just like going nuts during that song. <laughs> to your point, man, like they just couldn't do it the same way, but there's like a drummer in there, man, for our listeners, YouTube, it is the funniest thing, man. This dude is just like going nuts doing a drum solo as this, as this lady's trying like to lead them in worship. Yeah. So you're saying trying to be somebody they aren't. Yeah. So like I remember um, at Fellowship Oshawa, the church we started up in Canada, um, like you have to realize like, so our context up there is that there's like very, very few Christians, like less than 1% of the population is an evangelical Christian. And so, you know, you don't, the churches there are not big. They're relatively small. Um, Right. And, um, you know, so, uh, you know, we had a good, strong core team and everything. And I remember, um, you know, when we were doing our preview services, you know, you kind of have this picture in your mind of what you think it's going to look like. And I, I remember going up there and thinking that, you know, hey, you know, once we just have churches that are preaching the gospel, you know, like people are going to come to hear it, you know, and like I, I figured, you know, we'd have a decent little crowd there. You know, I wasn't thinking it was going to be like a mega church, but I was like, yeah, well, you know, we know what we're doing. And uh, silly, yeah. silly me. And so we had these led lights, right? So we would like turn the lights down low. And (laughs) I just remember after the second Sunday of having the lights down and having these led lights and just really quickly realizing like, this is dumb. 
Like, I'm getting yeah. rid of these. Like, this is, like, so obviously out of place. It's not us. Like, we're really, like, just a... Like, we were in a low-income community where, you know, yeah. people are just super simple people. Like, not... People are, you know, va- people are vaping at the back of the gym. I mean, you're like, you're, you're not far off from the truth, brother. And so, you know, it was just kind of, like, dumb. You know, like, it did... Yeah. It just looked so out of place. And so, you know, it was a lesson for me in, like, not trying to be something that you're not. Not trying to force something you know onto what god has given you so which you know i i i love that that you felt led to that because you guys gave those lights to our church Uh, we did (laughs) and we and and we use them every sunday no here's here's the deal we use that's the the point yeah like at pillar dc now we have lights like we've got a whole like giant sound system and stuff that's not ours it's it belongs to the concert venue we use but we utilize but it's it doesn't feel out of place here like it it fits it's not forced um if that makes sense so. Yeah. So like, you, you know, you said the the whole idea is what we want you guys to hear is, is that, you know, you got to know your context, what fits, what feels natural. When you take something unnatural, like at Jared's point, like lights didn't feel natural in that setting or in that context, you know, and so it might feel natural in your setting. So do it, you know, mm-hmm. I think, I think one of the, you, one of the biggest mistakes I've seen, you, you, I'm going to go the opposite direction. So you said trying to be something that they aren't, I would say being something they are. And what I mean by that is having the wrong person leading worship and, you know, they're being authentic, man. They're being them. They're being genuine, but they are bad. You know, they are, they are either there. And when I mean bad, I mean like they either just are not qualified theologically to lead worship. They're not, they're just not walking with the Lord. They, they, you know, I, I see this, this is one of the biggest mistakes I see. A lot of guys say, man, especially in worship and arts, we value uh, talent far above character and walking with the Lord and all that kind of stuff. So we'll let stuff just, well, you know, I know that he does this or she does that, but we'll overlook it because they're really talented and we mm-hmm. don't want to lose them as a worship leader. And so sometimes people, you can be who you are mm-hmm. and it's just not, it's still not a good fit yeah. and it's a mistake that church planners make. Um, so sometimes, you know, they're not qualified um, musically, but they're not qualified morally either. Right. You know, they shouldn't be in a position of leadership. Yeah. And I, I don't, most churches probably wouldn't say that outright that like we value oh. talent more than character. Uh, but th- by their actions, they demonstrate that they do, you know, value talent more than character. Uh, I think yeah. that's pretty, pretty obvious. And that's obviously a huge mistake to make uh, a huge yeah. mistake. Um, so yeah, well, We'll get. I, I had a follow up question, but actually, we're just gonna wait and get to that one. Um, yeah. So the other, the other thing, the other mistake, last one I would say is like undervaluing having a worship leader. Um, so mm-hmm. there's kind of it's kind of becoming more popular and trendy to uh, do things like devalue, you know, like uh, worship, you know, a worship leader, or devalue, you know, like uh, even doing, you know, a public gathering well, or doing it at all, uh, or devaluing the preach, you know, preaching and the pulpit and stuff like that. And we've seen throughout church history, like this stuff repeats itself, you know, like people, it seems like every like, you know, one to two centuries, there's people who are, you know, coming up around and saying like, Oh, you know, we need to get away from preaching and, you know, have more conversational base and stuff. That's another podcast for another time. But, yeah. um, 
I think it's a mis- I think having a good worship leader can really make a huge difference. Um, yeah. I, I just I, I just think it's obvious. Like if you've been around church planting at all, uh, it's pretty no it's pretty noticeable that you know uh, yeah. churches that start off with a good worship leader um, tend to be more successful than those that don't. Um, yeah. I, so right or wrong, I think it matters in the North American context. I think that uh, it can go a long way. Uh, towards, uh, you know, uh, helping your church plant to grow. Um, so yeah, I think that we've, you know, can't, can't overvalue it, but you can't undervalue it either. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think that there's, there's like the kind of a school of thought out there, right. Or at least when we first started, you know, six years ago was, is that it wasn't that big of a deal, but you know, if you're going to be in the North American context, you're going to have Sunday morning gatherings. You want your worship to be good, man. Yep. Whoever, you know, people who don't know Christ, like, I don't feel like they value the same things we value oftentimes. And that's biblical, right? Like they, they don't live their lives by biblical values. However, there are some things that everybody values and that's excellence. So like, if you come into a service and like the music's really bad, people who know Jesus know it's bad. And mm-hmm. people who don't know Jesus know it's bad. Yeah. It's just, it's just bad. Yep. Yep. You know, I think you try to sound like what I think it is. It gets a little corny when people try to sound like, you know, exactly how somebody sounds on the radio or whatever. I mean, you know, you got to be careful with all that stuff as mm-hmm. well. You got to strike that balance. Sure. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it's, everything's relative to, uh, you know, like, I remember when we got to DC and you know, the, the worship team that we got here, you know, they do a phenomenal job. And so, you know, we just didn't have the resources in Canada that they have here. And so I remember coming here and Jen and I are like, this is amazing. You know, like, yeah. And, and then, and I remember like, like our second week here, somebody kind of like, uh, I, I heard about a complaint, you know, about the, the worship music. And I was like, what? I, don't I was like, that. I was like, what? Like it, to me, it just didn't make any sense. I was like, what are they talking about? Like, you know, and I'm like, I mean, I guess if you're coming from like, you know, if Chris Tomlin was your worship leader before and you want to nitpick or something, then okay. But you know, it's like, to, they need to come up into Canada, man. Yeah. They need to get out more and get around the world and figure out that the church in most of the world doesn't have anywhere close to the resources, you know, here to do stuff like that. So, um, I'm thankful for, you know, what we've got and, and I'm thankful for what we have up there in Canada, man. You know, like we, like at the end of the day, we had people who loved Jesus, uh, and were truly leading the congregation in worship, which is what matters. Um, so that's, that's, you know, what's most important and it fit us. It fit our church. It fit our context. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let me ask you this. What do you think about? So I've, I've seen this debate go back and forth. Uh, what do you think about having non-believers in the worship band? Oh man. Yeah. This is my, let me preference this with, with this statement. These are my personal opinions. Mm-hmm. These don't reflect the network. They don't reflect anybody that's associated with Matt Hess. Um, I, I I've gone back and forth with this, to be honest with you, man. I like, and I think it can vary. I think if you have like a, I think if you have like somebody who is really tracking with you, they've yet to surrender life to Christ, but they, they want to play the drums or they want to play the guitar. I don't think I really have a problem with that. Um, th- there's that side of me, but then there's another side of me. It, but let me preface this, that first side, like, I don't think I would, 
or I know I would never have somebody like lead worship or sing or anything like that, because how can you really express praise or worship as a non-follower of Jesus? They that could, makes sense. They could play the cowbell though. Maybe they can all, anybody can play the cowbell, okay. right. anybody, but, but, but I th- it's kind of like the Cajon, right? It's like, Hey, I, I'm I, pastor. I've been, I've been smacking around on like my cheese grater. Can I try the Cajon? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Like, but there's this other side of me, where I would say, just, I would say, no, like all Christ followers should be part of your worship and arts team. Because if you're leading people to worship of God, you should know that God. Mm. And so there's that. So let's, I kind of go back and forth with that, man. You know, we've had, we've had some varying circumstances, different, you know, different times where I remember one time we had a guy who uh, was like, he was a really good drummer and he, he just wanted to like start exploring, like if he could play the drums and stuff like that. And I would have been okay with that. Like going to rehearsal, going to worship practice, you know, playing along with them in rehearsal and stuff. But the worship leader we had at the time was just like, you're not even a Christian. (laughs) I was (laughs) like, well, he's probably not going to be now. Yeah. So I, I, I think you got to kind of balance and I think situations can be, different. I mm-hmm. would say never, ever would I allow a, a person that doesn't have a relationship with Christ to get up and like lead worship just because yeah. they can sing well or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, you know, definitely agree with that last point. And I would say that, um, you know, I, I understand the argument that people have for why they, they say you should allow them to, because, um, you know, like, Hey, if they can they begin to get around Christian community, they can get right. discipled and, you know, worship practice and stuff like that. And they, you know, they can come to Christ. Um, but I just think that there are ways to do that without putting them, uh, on, on stage. Cause I think that even if they're playing the Cajon, the reality is, is that they're a part of the worship leading team and, yeah you know, like playing the cajon is just as important as playing the guitar and the worship team, you know, like it's not a, um, you know, like the Psalms talk about, you know, all the different instruments, you know, that were to play the harp and the lyre and, uh, the tambourine. Well, that's, that's not there, but that's okay. Is that the message translation that you're reading? Xylophone? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's what I use. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, like, uh, I, I personally, my personal opinion is that no, I would not have, uh, non-believers, uh, on stage, uh, on the worship team. There, there's some people that would say like, um, you know, only members of the church can be on the worship team as well. Um, and so, uh, you know, like I don't speak so for, what? huh? That's kind of like, that's like landmark Baptist people. <laughs> like land, land, landmark <laughs> Baptist, like they have like the closed communion, like all well, I, all that stuff, man. Closed communion. Yeah, dude. Cl- like, I mean, uh, well, I don't know if it's the same as closed communion. Um, it's a little bit different. Closed, clo- closed worship. Closed worship music. Closed worship leading. Yeah. So I think I, I think what our listeners need to hear is like I know like for Fellowship Pickering, our our worships uh, our worship pastor. I mean, he's he's amazing. You know, he's a he's a great great guy. You know him, but Odane's amazing, but. I mean, he has a pretty thorough process before he allows people to get in on that team. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like we would say, we obviously want you to be professing Christ, but I, but, but that, but that's ours. That's our preference. You know, you've, you've said yours. I mean, I, I think there's could be like a varying opinions on this, 
And every church got to kind of, they have to kind of be able to live with themselves with the decisions they make on that kind of stuff. Yeah. So how do you, how does, how do you develop a strong worship ministry? And I think we need to come at this question from a couple of different angles. Cause like, uh, this, the answer to this question is going to be different for a church that already has a worship leader in place as opposed to a church that doesn't have a worship leader in place. So, yeah. uh, let's start maybe with the first, like a, a church that's got a worship leader in place. Um, how do you develop a strong worship ministry in your church? Okay. So this is going to sound kind of old school here. Okay. But I was taught, and I believe this, I was taught that the, the, ultimately the pastor of the church is the worship leader. Mm-hmm. You, 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 worship, you, you lead in worship, not through music. And then theolo- this is why Jared said what he said earlier. Theologically, worship is not just music. Now, we've regulated it to music in North, our North American context. But worship is preached. There is not a purer form of worship than opening up the word of God mm-hmm. and saying, thus saith the Lord and teaching people what the Bible is. That is an act of worship because it brings glory to King Jesus. Yep. You know, worship, you, you worship through greeting, you worship through prayer time, you worship through gospel proclamation, you worship through and you worship through music. So I would say, how do you develop a strong worship ministry? You create the culture of first defining what worship actually is because the goal Mm. is not a performance based thing where you want somebody really good to get up there. Hey, listen, the greatest worship leaders that I know they they lead congregationally. They get the congregation to engage and to involve, to, to be included and to feel like they're a part of the worship leader's job is not to get up there and this is what I find a little bit disturbing in some places. Like the worship leader's job is not to get up there and be, you know, like Bon Jovi or whoever, you know, I don't know why Bon Jovi came to my mind. I have no idea, but you know, who, whoever like you think of when you think of like rock star or good musician or whatever, that's, that's not the job of the worship leader. The job of the worship leader musically from a musical standpoint is to get the congregation engaging and worshiping the throne of God. That's the purpose of worship. Yeah. So you got to create the culture in that. So what, what do you, what do you prioritize in worship? You prioritize prayer. You prioritize the ordinances, the Lord's supper, baptism, preaching and music. You know, um, I, th- I think it's good to have the doxology, all that kind of stuff. I think, I think all that would fall under the umbrella of worship and you're trying to create a culture and a theology of worship. You're trying to teach your people. It's not about one man or woman standing up there singing and everybody saying, wow, they're so good. Yeah. That's why I think as leaders, we shouldn't hire worship leaders based upon just their talent. There obviously has to be giftedness, but we should, we should bring them onto our teams or elevate them from the congregation onto a, a leadership position based upon their, their talent, their character, and how, how well they can get other people involved in congregational singing and worship. That's really important. Amen. Yeah, I think that, you know, some of what you're talking about is creating culture in your church, you know, and specifically, you know, creating culture in your worship ministry, like what's going to define, you know, like, like what you're about as a church. Um, and so like for us, we've got, 
there's like three specific things uh, that we want uh, as far as like our, you know, worship arts ministry goes. Um, you know, we want it to be theologically rich. So like, you know, that, that means that the songs that we sing, you know, are going to teach, you know, we believe that, you know, worship music, the songs that we sing are, are uh, catechismal, like they, they instruct the congregation. Uh, and so like, it's not about an emotional experience, you know, it's not, yeah. our focus is not on, you know, like doing this, you know, build up to this, you know, euphoric feeling or something like that. Like we much we, we place a much higher value on a song where the lyrics um, are preaching the gospel, are proclaiming who God is, proclaiming God's promises, proclaiming what he's done. So that's that's one aspect. And then uh, we want uh, high congregational participation, kind of like you were saying. So uh, part of, you know, worship leading for us is we want, uh, you know, and our worship leader does a great job of this is he encourages uh, the congregation to sing. Uh, and so that means that yeah. the kind of songs that we do, we're not going to do songs like, you know, you know, like Bon Jovi or whatever. Like we're not going to do yeah. songs that are difficult for the congregation to sing to, along with. Uh, we want to do songs that promote congregational singing. Um, and you know, our worship leader will even do things like he'll, you know, he'll regularly do this where he'll, you know, at, at a certain point of the song, like he'll, the instruments will stop playing and he'll just say, Hey, let me, you know, let, just sing with me. Let me just hear your voices, you know? Yeah. And, uh, he does that on a regular basis. And as a result, like I, it's one of the things that I love about our church is that, and our people sing and they sing loud, uh, yeah. and they love it and it's pretty cool. Um, and cool. then, and then third, you know, diverse people and, uh, and music. So, you know, we want to have uh, a diverse worship team and we want to have diverse, uh, music. So, you know, we, we mix in hymns and there are always, you know, but we're also mixing in, you know, other, you know, types of songs, newer songs, um, you know, songs that, um, you know, kind of, uh, run the gamut in terms of like, uh, styles, you know, there's some songs that are songs of praise, there's songs of lament, uh, there's songs of worship, like there's, there's different types of songs you can sing. And so we want to try to have all of those present in our worship gatherings. So, Oh, that's good, man. I like that. Thanks. I basically picked that up from other people smarter than me, but, <laughs> um, yeah. And the other way to develop a strong worship ministry is just to work closely with your worship leader. Um, Definitely. so keep, a, keep the line of communication open. Um, you know, like if there's something that like you want, like, I think sometimes like, it's like, we don't want to, like, there's something that maybe is bothering us, you know, like maybe your, your worship leader kind of does something that like, like maybe they like repeat the chorus too many times, for example. And you're like, yeah. Uh, you know, it just kind of bugs you, but like people won't say yeah. anything because they're afraid to like hurt somebody's feelings. Like just talk, like create a culture where you can have open communication, where it's very clear that like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to do like, I would encourage, we do service reviews after uh, every Sunday night and we Absolutely. have an evaluate, an evaluation form that it's a Google form that we fill out. There's like five questions. It's like, you know, was there anything noteworthy on setup and teardown? We, we look at that. We look at uh, the announcements and uh, the ordinances. Uh, we look at the worship music. We review the sermon and then we review, um, you know, if there was any other aspect of the service. And so it's an, it's a time where our team knows like we're not, we're not here to criticize anybody. And, uh, we're here to give like honest feedback and review because we want to be better and, you know, we want to sharpen each other. So, 
Yeah, I would I would encourage you to do the same thing to always do we, we do weekly reviews here as well. I mean it's a positive thing and it and it promotes open conversation. Do you guys take the Lord's Supper every Sunday? No, we don't. We do it monthly. We're not as uh, spiritual as, as other churches. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I thought you well, I was just checking. I didn't know if you'd gone down and become a Presbyterian. <laughs> no. I'm just joking. I, I apologize to our Presbyterian listeners. It's not that there's anything wrong with being a Presbyterian. There's not. No. Go Except, baptize your babies. Well, you, you, your baptism's wrong, but that's okay. Other than that. <laughs> See, okay. other, other than that. <laughs> no, I'm just so terrible. We're joking. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> um, hey, I mean, we are Baptists. We're unashamedly Baptists. But we, we, love, Baptist. we love our Presbyterian brothers and sisters. We love and, anybody who professes Christ as Lord. Amen. Amen. So, um, okay. So last thing we'll talk about real quick, Matt, what should you look for in a worship leader? <laughs> Someone who is good at music. Yep. <laughs> like, uh, oh man. I, I remember we hired, we hired somebody one time and I was in such a rush to get a worship leader in place that this guy had a lot of experience and everything. And I just thought, yeah, he'll be a great fit if we hired him. <laughs> You, Matt, let me ask you, had you ever heard him play music before? I literally, I literally had never heard this dude play music in my life. So and we what, was hired lesson, him. what was the lesson learned from that experience? The lesson was <laughs> you should probably pray more before you hire people. No, the, le- the lesson for me was, is like, dude, I just, and serious in all seriousness, like you just get ahead of God. You just say like, you get so fixated and it's so fleshly. Looking back on it, that decision was so flesh-centered. You know, you, you get so consumed with, okay, we need a worship leader. we got to find one. This looks like a great person. You hire that guy or gal. And, you know, I, I remember I was like, oh, man, this, is, this isn't what we were looking for. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it, here's the thing, man. It wasn't even, it wasn't even his fault. It was mm-hmm. my fault. You know, it was my fault. So I think what should you look for in a worship leader? First of all, you should look for somebody who walks with Christ, man. Mm. I'm telling you, I, I, I would not put moving forward. I would not put a, somebody in a position of worship because you can say they're not a leader. They're just doing music or whatever. As soon as you put them up there and they're leading worship, your people's going to look at them as a leader. And I think they should be. And, and, I would not put somebody up there who did not understand the spirit filled life. The the number one thing you want in your service is you want the spirit to have freedom to do what he wants to do Mm. and to blow how he wants to blow. And if your worship leader is trying to control that whole thing to perform or he's not sensitive or she's not sensitive to where the spirit is trying to take that service, that's, that's very problematic to Mm -hmm. me. And you can, if you're not careful, and we're terrible at this as Baptists, man, we'll, we'll schedule, we'll, we'll plan the Holy Spirit out of everything we do Yep. because we got a schedule, you know, and we got an order of worship and, and, um, and all that kind of stuff. So I would look sure. for somebody who is good at music. I would look at somebody who is spirit filled, number one. And then I would say this before you comment, somebody who can work with people, mm-hmm. somebody who is good with people. They need to be patient with people. They need to love people. They need to shepherd the, the people who are on that worship team. Mm-hmm. They need to be able to be in relationship with people. And I, I said three. I'm going to say a fourth one. They need to be able to take criticism. Mm. 
or positive feedback or yep. opportunities for growth, however you want to say it. Yep. They need to, you need, like Jared said earlier, man, you cannot have somebody lean worship where as soon as you say something, they get so defensive. I, I don't do that course that many times. Well, here's the tape. You, you, you said it 14 times. Okay. I wasn't exaggerating <laughs> 14 times, you know, here it is. And so they got to be able to receive feedback and they got to be able to work with you. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if there's somebody who gets so easily offended or, and that's, that goes for us as preachers. If you can't, if, if you can't take somebody coming up to you and saying like, I didn't really understand what you're talking about here. You know, if you're, you're just too big of a, a cupcake and you get so <laughs> offended, if somebody doesn't think your sermon was the best thing since, you know, the sermon on the Mount, then like we should check our hearts too. Yeah. So those are the four things I would say top of my head. That's good. Um, only thing I would add to that is uh, make sure whoever you bring on is on board with the vision of your church um, or else you're oh, going to have good. multiple leaders going in different directions. So uh, yeah, you need word. to have somebody that's philosophically aligned with you that has even that has the same vision for like what worship uh, ministry should look like. Uh, and then somebody not who just who's good at music, but somebody who can, number one, lead a band Um that's a yeah. diff- there's a big difference. You know, you need to be able to lead a band. Um, you need to be able to put, you know, like, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, figure out how to put different instruments together, different types of vocalists, uh, you know, and figure out how all that mixes and matches who can train others, who can raise up other leaders. Uh, and then you need somebody who can lead a congregation and worship. Uh, you, yeah. you, there's a difference in standing up and playing music in front of the congregation and actually leading the congregation and worship. Um, and teaching and, you know, kind of like you were saying earlier, being sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, understanding, you know, listening to God as they're leading, um, I think is super important. Yeah. Um, you know, if you've just got to, you know, it's, I've just seen, you know, a lot of times where you'll have worship leaders that'll stand up there, and they'll literally like, they'll just play three songs. They won't pray in between. They won't talk about the songs. They won't, you know, like, uh, just kind of lead into, you know, a song and, uh, you know, teach the congregation. Um, yeah. You can just tell it's all planned and they did it exactly how they rehearsed it. And there was no yeah. spirit led, you know, aspect of it at all. So yeah, um, I think, I think you hit on something, man, that it's really important that te- the teaching component, you know, it's like, man, worship leaders can teach in a way that as pastors or preachers, we can't. And I, and I, I think like, you know, to use music as a vessel to teach. This is what, this is what this song is talking about. This is what this Psalm, this is what the Psalmist is saying here. And to implement those theological truths as we sing them. In other words, we're not just singing these, this, this is, these are promises of God. This Mm -hmm. is, you know, this is what the word of God says. So I think it's really powerful. Well, somebody, somebody pointed out to me uh, a while ago, they said, you know, the reason that, you know, worship, the worship music that you sing is so important is because it is teaching. And when you really think about it, uh, what are your people going to uh, remember uh, what are they more likely to remember when they leave service? What's going to be go- repeating through their head the rest of that week? It's probably not going to be a line from your sermon, although it's possible, but most likely it's going to be one of those songs that you sang. And I was like, man, that's such a good point. Cause that happens to me. Like I'll, you know, after Sunday, it'll be like Monday and I'll be singing it. I'll notice I'm singing a song on my head and it's a song that we sang on Sunday morning because it's stuck in my head. Right. And so, and I'm repeating the lyrics and the lines to that song. And so like, 
you know, the worship leader has a tremendous responsibility and a very important role uh, because like they are, you know, helping to teach. Um, And so that's why church planter, pastor, like you need to be intricately involved in the worship ministry of your church. You can't just hire a guy and just like, you know, hand that off and not think about it and not have any input on the songs that are being sung. Like you need to be helping to plan that aspect of the service. It's very important. You know, you hit on something I think that's important too. I mean, before we wrap this episode up is as a pastor, you know, ultimately you're going to, you're going to give an account for that congregation. So, you know, like, I mean, I'm, I'm super blessed with, with Odane, our worship leader. He, 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 he thinks through theologically, like what we sing and what we do and stuff like that. And he wants to know people's backgrounds and where they come from and all that kind of stuff. Um, but if you listen to this and you don't have a worship leader that does that, ultimately you need to do that. Mm. You need to say, Hey, why are we singing this? This song, this song doesn't make sense. Or they're saying something in a song that's not theologically accurate or, or I have a problem with us singing this. You need to express those things. You know, ultimately yep. you need to be on the same page and not go crazy with it. You know, I've seen guys go crazy with it. And I'm thinking like, what do you sing? You know, yeah. I mean, what can you sing? And, um, but, but I think, I think it's important for you to think through what you're singing and why you're singing it. Amen. Well, hey, man, that was a good discussion. There's a lot more we could have talked about with this topic, but uh, hopefully this was helpful for our listeners just to kind of think through uh, this aspect of your church plant. Uh, I want to thank you guys uh, for listening and make sure you head on over to our website, www.getinthetrenches.com. You can find links to all of our other episodes there. We've got tons of content on the website, hours and hours of it. Uh, And so if there's a topic you uh, have questions about, more than likely we have talked about that topic. at some point you can find it on the site there. Uh, also make sure that you subscribe to in the trenches. So we're on all sorts of platforms. We're on Google play, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. So whatever your favorite platform is, make sure you hit that subscribe button, uh, so that you can get, uh, the next in the trenches episode as soon as it comes out every single week. And whenever you subscribe, uh, it helps uh, increase the exposure of our, uh, podcast so that it gets into the hands of more people. And then, Hey, you know what I didn't even mention? Like we made we made the Send Institute's list of ten church planting podcasts that you should be what? listening to. Yeah. Shout out a shout out to the Yangers. Shout out to Daniel Yang over at the We gotta dir- get Daniel on here, man. We do, we do. Daniel directs the Send Institute, which is like the Send Network's uh, I guess think tank for lack of a better term. They're a yeah, bunch of smart right. missiologists that ha- understand words that I don't even know. And so uh they're <laughs> They're, they're coming out with all sorts of good stuff over there, but we appreciate that shout out from Daniel. Um, we're Absolutely. honestly humbled by it because I feel mm-hmm. like we're definitely not as polished as <laughs> any, any of the <laughs> other ones, but it's all right. So hopefully that, you know, we do this. The whole reason we do this podcast is because we want to bless uh, you guys. And we just hope that it helps you in some way that you, maybe you can learn from, you know, some of our experiences and some of our mistakes and, and some of our successes. So, uh, and anyways, yeah, thank you definitely. guys for listening. Uh, we're going to be back, uh, Lord willing, uh, with next Monday with another episode of in the trenches. So until then go out there and get in those trenches, church planters. Church planters.